News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman in association with Air on News Talk. Now, this week on News Talk, we're shining a spotlight on domestic abuse in partnership with Allianz and Women's Aid. Relationship red flags. What should you do if you witness or find out about a case of domestic abuse? And why do so many people ignore it happening? Uh, we're joined by Garda Sergeant Laura Sweeney. Uh, Laura, thanks indeed uh, for talking to us th- this morning on this really important uh, subject. I suppose, obvious first question, what should we as good citizens do if we witness domestic violence? I think the big thing is to actually support the victim. People have this idea that you target the abuser, um, you know, in a public setting. And the only thing that will happen there is that the abuser will punish the victim for any external involvement. And particularly when you're talking about friends and families, you know, people might know of a relationship that just makes them uncomfortable. They see maybe a change in their friend or a family member. And the big thing is just to kind of approach the victim just discreetly and say, look, are you OK? You know, I'm here if you need me. And if the friend or family member does say, actually, yes, there is something, the big thing is not to alter Uh, your behaviour towards the abuser because the only thing that will happen then is that the abuser will ensure that actually you don't get access to your family or friend member. They'll just further isolate them. So the big thing is to kind of to listen to them, to believe them, to reassure them and to understand that actually the answer to this or the domestic abuse isn't just your friend or your family member just leaving and just ending the relationship because the minute you say that oh well you know why don't you leave if they're doing X, Y or Z well then the victim will just look at you and say you you have no idea what it is I'm living with because everything about domestic abuse is power and control and the greatest indicator to an abuser that they are losing power and control over their victim is when the victim is contemplating or has left the relationship and it really uh, increases the risk for a victim and sadly most domestic homicides occur in the first year of a victim having ended the relationship. Right okay a lot to take in there and a lot that I kind of went Okay, right, that makes sense, but I hadn't thought of it before. I suppose as maybe a a lot of men listening, their first instinct would be to go in and and, and tackle Mm -hmm. the the, the perpetrator, the, the offender. And you're saying... No, no, no. That no. is not the thing to do. No, the, the probably the best thing if you saw someone is nearly to create a bit of a distraction, kind of say, you know, just, oh, sorry, you know, just drop some money. And so that if you were with someone, you know, someone could kind of, you know, pull the victim aside and say, look, are you OK? You know, is there anything we can do for you? You know, do you want us to drop you somewhere? Just kind of creating that as opposed to because... Yes, everything about the abuser is that they're right. You know, they will have a narrative. They will have a story for you. You know, say I did X, Y or Z because, you know, she or he did something to me, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's not a case of and matching the, violence with violence. And or the, same, the same goes for um, sort of a verbal intervention. You know, the uh, you're saying being angry with the person or being frosty with the person. You're saying don't actually do that. that no, well, definitely either. in a family and friend setting, if the abuser gets an indication that actually you know what 
um, you know, maybe the friends Laura's are Laura's a bit off with yeah, me or something. Yeah, exactly. All they'll do is they'll ensure that their partner doesn't have access to okay. another friend or family member. So, so you, you have to be quite yeah, kind of clever yeah. and careful how you go about be- this. Because everything you do is not to increase the risk to the victim. Okay. Because every, they have, their world is so small, it is so controlled and constricted by an abuser that actually the thought of maybe even disclosing to someone, that's why a lot of victims, you know, mightn't tell because actually they don't know can you be trusted with that information you aren't trusted to maybe react in the way that would actually keep them safe okay so you're looking to support the victim Mm -hmm. how do you go about doing that i mean do you encourage the victim to go to the guardie is that the first step or or, or how should you go about that encouragement that you're not i suppose i I immediately know from what what you've already said you don't want to take over here in any way absolutely and to be uh, in a lot of cases you know you will have you know the person still in love with their partner you know they have family together there's so much they have a home together a mortgage together they feel that they're entirely dependent on their partner because that's exactly what the partner wanted so the big thing is that you're just listening you're a sounding board and the big thing you could actually say is what do you want me to do what would you like me to do what do you need me to do that could be a case of you know, do you want to send me a little text and I just keep a log of it, you know, of things that have happened? Because the big thing for victims is, like, I really do believe this. If you are living with domestic abuse, it is 24-7. It is not just these isolated physical assault incidents and everything's great all the time. It is omnipresent. And definitely for victims, they are trying to do so much. They're trying to, you know, they're walking on eggshells, appease the abuser, keep themselves and their family safe. So if you just load them with going, you need to do this, 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 it's too much for them. They'll just back away. They'll just realise that you are not the person I need to, I need to tell. But if you do it just in a very slowly, whatever it is they need, if they say, if you say, look, do you think you'd like to talk to someone about this? You know, is there someone else? Because, you know, they'll appreciate that you don't know. If, if you haven't grown up or, or been in that situation, you do not know what domestic abuse is like. People have an idea, but I can guarantee you it does not match the reality. So you say, look, you know, would you like, um, do you want me to go with you maybe if we contact a domestic abuse service? Because there's amazing domestic abuse services around the country. Is it a case of, look, would you like me to go with you if you want to pop into the local station and have a chat with someone? But you might have, as a friend, say, you might have to repeat that maybe 10 times, 20 times. Because, you know, just say in a really nice way, you know. Patience, uh, patience, patience being key here. Because the victim has to assess They are constantly risk assessing. They are constantly altering and tuning what they do to offset kind of the demeanour of the abuser. So if they say no, not today, oh, that's okay. You you know, you let me know or, you know, I'll check in with you next week and we just see how you are. And that very much even from a Garda's perspective, that's what we have to do. We can't just, you know, automatically say, well, you need to do X, Y or Z. You know, we have to be very victim centric. Okay, really, uh, really interesting. Um, are, are there circumstances though where you do, as yeah. a as a third party, have to call the guard? Yes. I'm assuming yes. the answer to that is yes. Yes, absolutely. What are those circumstances? Well, like you're talking about serious instances, you know, there's definitely cases where we would get reports, third party reports, just say I hear something, you know, um, happening next door, and when you know the guards respond, you're not 
taken the views of the victim because naturally enough the victim will say no no everything's fine can I just get you out the door you know I'm really sorry I just shouldn't have rang you and you have to have a look at what's going on there and then absolutely step in if you're a friend or family member and you're saying look I have serious concerns um, you know then you're ringing and saying look I've seen X, Y or Z it's it's making me really nervous, you know, because we do. It's not we're not just relying on a, on a victim to come to us. We're relying on other people, third parties, to make report to us. It's quite a responsibility. Uh, it's a responsibility we all need to embrace if it if it ever happens to us. But um, I, I'm I'm yeah, I'm it's, I found it really interesting what you said and what I'm taking from it. And correct me as I'm if I'm wrong is like however much you might love the person and want to protect them and so on you have to do it very much on their terms. And and the worst thing you can do is kind of in any way judge them for not yeah. getting out of the relationship. Look, the reality is domestic abuse is everywhere. If research says that one in four women and one in seven men are victims of domestic abuse, you just, you think about now when you do your grocery shopping, one, two, three, four, she's a victim of domestic abuse, one, two, three, four. You just think of it that way. Leo Varadkar said that when the Istanbul Convention was ratified on the 8th of March 2019, that domestic abuse was at epidemic proportions in Ireland. And I do not see anything in my work that dissuades me from that fact. This is, it is so prevalent. People have an idea of who is affected by domestic abuse. You know, people have an idea of what a domestic abuse looks like. I would love if I could actually identify a domestic abuser. It is your street angel house devil. It is in every single profession. It is your charming person. It's the great son-in-law or brother-in-law or friend and you God, he's a lovely fella. You know, it is absolutely everywhere. So it is brilliant, you know, that there's uh, things like this week running. So people actually think, okay, Okay, yeah, actually, I think I could maybe have the confidence to say something to somebody that I'm a bit concerned about them. Because that is the big thing. People, you know, this whole idea of domestic abuse being a private matter. And there is that thing of, you know, when you're not, I suppose, confident in talking about domestic abuse, you're afraid to maybe say the wrong thing. So then you don't say anything at all. And you people need to know the power in just being able to say to a person, someone you love or someone you work with, to say, look, are you okay? You know, okay. is there anything I can do? And that goes for just friends, families, and then, you know, employers as well. Can I ask you just a final question? Um, just as a, as a Garda working in this area, I mean, it must be quite difficult for you working in this area. Or do you see it like that? Um, oh, yeah. Like there is, there is cases that, yeah. It must be hard to leave it in the office, leave it in the gar- at the station when you go home. Yeah, well, I suppose that's kind of the individual being able to kind of put boundaries on it or pro- personal processes kind of in place. But there are definitely cases that just get under your skin. Like, you know, example this morning, uh, you know, the delay was got a call from an investigation team and, you know, th- something that happened during the night, things had dramatically escalated and they're looking kind of for a bit of guidance, going, you know, trying to think, oh, come at it a different way, think outside the box. And because... The amazing thing is in a lot of cases there is a pattern of behaviour. There is the red flags. There are cases where literally, you know, I can say do X, Y or Z to an investigation team, you know, and hopefully you'll you'll gain the results you want. But then there are the scenarios, the cases where you, you we are completely lost because people have this idea, you know, that, you know, if an adult is in a relationship that 
you know, is, is, is putting them in danger. You know, if we're not able to target the abuser, we would love to be able to go in, sweep in, you know, pick up the victim and bring them somewhere safe. But we can't unless the victim says, yes, I okay. want to go with you. Yeah. Like there's so many, like people say a criticism, you know, that the guards are always asking victims if they have a domestic abuse order. Like we do, and not because, oh, well, we can't do anything if there isn't, but just a domestic abuse order, a civil order from the family law courts gives the guards a power that does not ordinarily exist. Like the reality is there is limitations from legislation, etc. But the big thing is that if there was one message I would want to say is that no one has to endure this on their own. That narrative that you've been fed, that no one will believe you, that you're on your own, that, you know, you're stuck with me for the rest of your life. That whole narrative of, well, if I can't have you, no one else will. I am telling victims, if they're listening, that there are amazing services and the guards who are there to help. Okay, um, it's a, a it's a, a difficult subject, but it's it's extraordinary work you're doing, and, and thanks indeed for coming into us, Garda Sergeant Laura Sweeney. There, uh, if you were affected by any of the issues discussed, please you can contact Women's Aid on eighteen hundred three four one nine hundred to donate to Women's Aid and find out more about the Stand Strong movement. Go to standstrong.ie. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.